church is the people. The church is the people, not the building. The church is the people, not a building. We, we have that same discussion sometimes about companies, you know? We talk about big companies as though they, they actually existed. Companies don't exist independent of the people, right? It takes people to make companies too. How, how, many, of you, how many of you are drooling still over the iPhone 6, huh? Ready to go grab your new iPhone? Come on. You know, ready for that 4.7 inches of real estate? Yeah. No? <laughs> Come on. Where's your techno lust? Right? <laughs> Gotta have all the latest toys, right? Yeah, you remember a few years ago, you remember a few years ago, Steve Jobs would do those, inter, those introductions. Do you remember that? I'm telling you, that, that guy could pack a room. And, you know, some of the pundits would say things like, oh, yeah, he, he creates a reality distortion field, you know, so that whatever Apple puts out there, it's wonderful, it's great, and they just invented it. Even if somebody else has been doing it for a long time. But it was better. It was good. And they put out some awesome stuff, you got to say. They put out some great stuff. So, you know, Jobs, when he came to that company, he created it, right? And then he was thrown out by his own board. How did that feel? Yikes. Went off, created another company. Apple bought the other company, and now he's back in the fold again. And he takes Apple when it was at the lowest of the low and built a company that, you know, is one of the most valuable companies in the world. Such is the power of leadership. Such is the power of somebody, part of the church. The leader of the church is... Why are you all just looking at me? It's not me. Hate to tell you. The leader of the church is Jesus Christ. That's right. He is the head of the church, the CEO, if you will. Because it's not about a building, it's about people. Jesus leads people, not buildings. <laughs> right? And good things are happening in his building. <laughs> Good things are happening in his people. Good things are happening in his people as he leads out. Let's think about what Jesus has done in his leadership of the church, how he has led. You recall as we've been going through our doctrines of the church, last week we talked about the doctrine of growth. This week we talk about the doctrine of the church itself, that we are the saints. That's kind of scary, you know, because we have a picture of saints that's, mm, yeah, that one's a tough one, isn't it? Let's look at what Jesus has done to lead us to be the saints that we should be. Take a look with me. 
in the book of Ephesians. We were in Ephesians. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 4, what has Jesus done for the church? Let's take a look. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 from our scripture reading today, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Jesus has given gifts to the church. Jesus has been doing things for his people. Why? Why has Jesus done this? Why does Jesus give gifts so that we can look at one another and say, I'm an elder. Oh, well, I'm the personal ministries director. Well, I'm the, is that what it's all about? No. It's so that we can do what Christ has put us here to do. What were the two things he put us here to do? Verse 12. Verse 12 says, For the equipping, or King James, for the perfecting of the saints. For the equipping of the saints to get us ready, to equip us, to help us. We are the saints. It is to help us. I know that sounds kind of funny because, yeah, in, in some thoughts, perhaps where you were raised or something, a saint was somebody who was already dead. Some people come into churches and think, yes, we, we are still full of saints, you know. That's not what it's all about. <laughs> We're to be active. If you're going to be equipped, you're going to be equipped to do something. Right? You equip for a purpose. And so the saints are equipped. This is to bless us. Jesus has given us gifts to bless one another even. Think about it. Take a look at your bulletin for a moment. Take a look at your bulletin. Take a look at, the, at page 2 in your bulletin. Page 2 in your bulletin. You'll see names there of people. Names there of saints, the people of God, our church in the Sabbath school list there. Rodney, where's Rodney? I saw Rodney. There he is. And here's Virginia here. And there's Bill. And so Eunice is here. And so all of these people blessed us. Turn the page over. Turn the page over. Katharina Dixon there and her husband, Edward. They blessed us this morning. Marty, where's Marty? Marty blessed us with children's story along with Fred. These people have gifts that have blessed us. That's why we're here. We help one another. We bless one another. The gifts Christ has given us have blessed us as we have worked for Him. He has given us other gifts as well. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children 
of God, children of God, to those who believe in His name. We have the right to be not just children of people, but children of God Himself. You ever notice how when, when celebrities have children, right? Everybody follows this, man. We're going we're gonna to figure all of this out. And they debate the name of the baby endlessly, you know? And all, all of this stuff. And, and it's just crazy to listen to some of this kind of stuff. Why did she name her baby North? See, some of you even know what I'm talking about. What is that? I don't even know who that was, but I just heard about it somewhere. What, what is that? We follow these things. What would it be to be a celebrity's kid, you know? That silver spoon in your mouth and everything. But think about the fact that we have been privileged, given that privilege to be sons of the Most High. The Most High. Oh, forget the, the celebrity of being born to a movie star or the prince and princess of Wales or whatever they are. I want to be a child of the king. The child of the king. We have that gift from God himself. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints. Fellow citizens with the saints. But it's not just citizens like of a country. He goes farther. And members of the household of God. Members of the household of God. We have this blessing. We have been blessed with that gift of being children of God. Children equipped to help one another. Children equipped. My grandchildren are staying with us for a while. And I see Zoe. Where's Zoe? I know she's here. There's Zoe. I see Zoe all the time helping out with the baby, helping mom with the baby, you know? And so she's there holding the baby, rocking the baby, doing stuff there. And, and Tristan will sometimes get Jonathan in trouble. I mean, help Jonathan out. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they're equipped to help one another, right? help one another, and that's what we can do as well. But Jesus gave more. Jesus gave us more. Jesus just didn't give gifts like that to us. He gave himself to us. Ephesians tells us again what Jesus has done in chapter 5, verse 25, husbands, love your wives. Oh, how should we do that, gentlemen? How do we love our wives? Like Fred loves, right? Cleaning up messes. That was beautiful. <laughs> right? How, did, how do we love? What does Ephesians 5, 25 tell us about how we should love? As Christ loved the church and did what? 
gave himself for her. Brothers and sisters, we are to love like that. We are to be as God's household. We are to be the ones who give like Jesus gave. He gave himself for us. And next week, we will celebrate in remembrance of him. We will celebrate the communion, the giving of himself for us. We will celebrate what Jesus has done for us, that he gave himself for us. He gave himself completely, not just, you know, it's noble to be sure. It is very noble for someone to take the bullet, you know, and lay down their life for someone else. You know, to be willing to step out in front of that bullet and take it instead of somebody else. That's noble. But think about giving yourself day by day. You know, you can make that choice in a split second and jump in front of somebody and then it's all over. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't worry about much of anything anymore. But you make that choice and you make that action. What about when you wake up in the morning and you choose that action for that day? And then you get up the next morning and you do it again. And you sacrifice the next day. And the next day you sacrifice. And the next day you do it again. And you choose purposefully again and again and again to give yourself up. Think about Jesus walking this planet, giving himself up. Yes, on the cross, praise God, huh? <laughs> but also day by day, he made the choice to live in this filthy, sin-sick world who himself knew no sin. He came here. Isaiah says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He did not just step in front of the bullet, a one-time deal where he took it and died. He did that. But he also, day by day, made the choice to give of himself for us. Any one of those days, he could have said, I am so tired of this. These people never get it. Why am I here? Nobody understands. I'm out of here. Anybody ever made a choice like that? Yeah, me too. But Jesus didn't. He gave himself, not just once. Yes, praise the Lord, once. But he gave himself every single day. And brothers and sisters, he's still giving to us. We are to love as Jesus loved the church. Huh? The church. Do we love the church like that? I don't mean some corporate entity. I mean these people that sit next to you right here. These people that you worship with week after week? Do we love the church? Do we come here just so we can hear a sermon? Boy, if so, you're disappointed, huh? <laughs> or do you come here because you're worshiping God with those you love? All right. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it's all about. We're here to be blessed, yes, but that's not the real big deal, frankly. The big deal is for us to be a blessing. We are not to love as Christ was loved, but we are to love as he actively loved, not was loved. This is not reflexive. It's not about how much love I can get out of this. And I, if I don't get love to church, I'm not going. This is about how much I can give, how much I can love. That's what the church is here for, to bless one another, to be here together as God's people, to love like Jesus loved, to bear our griefs. Do you bear one another's griefs? Do you share one another's sorrows? Do we work together to bless one another? Jesus, the shortest verse in the English Bible, what is it? John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Did he weep because he was stubbed his toe? Why did he weep? Because he wept for us, not for himself. It was about us. It was about us and what he felt for us, what he was willing to sacrifice for us. This was Jesus. And to lay ourselves down time and time again, to make that choice. Think about how many mothers you know that do that every single day, who make a sacrifice for their kids, for their families, every single day. That's to love like Jesus loved. That's what we're talking about. Jesus gave himself. How much, here, how much more heroic can you get than that? To love each day like Jesus did. And so he gave us gifts. Evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles. Yes, he gave us those gifts. He gave us the gift of sonship of being in the household of God, but ultimately he gave us himself. And then, this is an example to us because we are to love as he loved, right? Do you remember I said that there were two reasons, two reasons for Ephesians 4.11? There were two reasons. Do you remember? Let's look again. Ephesians 4.11 And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, to help the church, yes? But there's more. Keep reading. For the work of the ministry... For the work of the ministry, we are, brothers and sisters, Jesus' hands and feet. That's why we're here. That's what we are to do. Can you imagine if Apple got together all their employees, right? And they came together at the factory and they all came to the factory and they said, Woo! 
This is great. Let's come to the factory. We'll sit around the factory for a couple hours and go home. And, and that's all we have to do. And we're, we're Apple employees. How many smartphones would Apple make? Zero. Right? Because it's not about just coming to a place, sitting, and then going back home, is it? That corporation exists to do something. To make something. But churches are different, right? <laughs> That's not why churches are here. We're here so we can come and be blessed and go home floating on cloud nine. And, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? No, we're here for a purpose, for the work of the ministry. Well, that's what ministers are for. No. The pastors and teachers are to equip the saints for the ministry. That's what it says, isn't it? Isn't that what it says, or did I read that wrong? Let me, let me go back and make sure I'm reading. I wouldn't want to steer you wrong. Let's look at it again. He himself, Jesus, the CEO of the church, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? The next word, verse 12, for, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of of ministry. It's about us doing ministry. All of us are here as ministers. We're not here just to feel good. We're here to love as Jesus loved among ourselves and yes, even out there. Even out there. It's not just about being a saint in church. We have to be a saint at home, too. When your spouse spent that $200 on what? A smartwatch? Buddy, that thing better get up and dance. <laughs> right? Don't you wish they were 200 bucks? I don't even know. How, did, they, did they even tell how much they were going to be? They're so afraid of the price, they didn't even announce it. Huh? If, you, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Is that how this works? You spent that on what? And suddenly we have this, this issue between us, right? Until we come to church on Sabbath and then everything's fine. What? Let's be real. Let's be real. If you've been reading your review, you know what I'm talking about. We are here to bless even when we go home. We're here to bless when your coworker does something uncool. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> We're here to bless because that's what Jesus did, is doing, and continues to do for us. We love as he loved. 
We don't ask, are you worthy? We don't ask, did you do what you're supposed to do so I can love you? Jesus loves unconditionally. Are we different? Has he called us to love differently? We should love unconditionally as well. This is why we are here, for the work of ministry. That's what we're doing here. 2 Corinthians 5.19 God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Did, did he say that he was reconciling only the chosen few? His work, his desire was to reckon everyone, yes? Not everyone chooses to accept that. But Christ's will was to reconcile the world. He was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to pastors the word of reconciliation. Is that what it says? He has committed to whom? Us. To all of us. He has committed to all of us the word of reconciliation. We have a message, brothers and sisters, an announcement that is so awesome. It's a reality straightening field. Okay, that was back to the original part there. We have this opportunity to help the world find the straight and narrow path, to find that way that will bless them. That's why we're here, to love like Jesus. And our work of showing what God is like, this is the cool part. Are you ready for this? Our work, the Bible says, of showing what Jesus is like doesn't even stay right here. It doesn't even stay on this planet. Look at what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 says. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, this word of reconciliation, right, might be made known by the church, we make it known, we are the ones who make known to the rest of the world what God is like. If people around us don't like God, I wonder why that is. Except that the church has given a bad impression of what God is like. And if they love God, it's because the church has been loving to them and shown them what God is like. And so it says, made known by the church to whom? Principalities and powers in heavenly places. You and I are the theater of the universe. We are making known to the whole universe what God is like. What is his character? How does he treat people? The way we do it is the way they interpret that God does it. And they want to see what is God like? What is this God like that you serve? So that's why the church is here. We are the people of God, gathered together to worship, gathered together to bless one another, gathered together to bless the world, and even 
we have an opportunity to make an impression in heaven. That's just incredible, isn't it? That is incredible what God has given us an opportunity to do. Take a look at verse 13 of Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a... What does it say? Perfect man. Yeah. The reason we're not in this... Uh, the reason we're still in this world, ladies, if you tell me if I'm right, is because there has never yet been a perfect man. Right? Jesus is waiting for perfect men and... and... and women... <laughs> He's waiting for perfect men and women. Perfect men and women. What does a perfect man or woman look like? Looks like Jesus. Looks like Jesus. We will reflect his character fully. We will be his people on this earth. Jesus is waiting for that. A perfect man. To the measure, he goes on, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We will look like Christ. Jesus is waiting for that picture. He's blessing the church to make it so. He is blessing us so that we can take those blessings and share them with the world. He is looking for people that look like him. He's waiting for that. He's longing for Ephesians 5.27, which says that he might present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that, that she should be holy and without blemish. This is what Jesus is looking for, holy, without blemish, like he was looking like he was, living like he was, making that sacrifice day by day like he made. We are too. We're looking for that to happen in our lives. We're waiting for that. And it's within our power. Think about that. It's within our grasp. He has given us the gifts, yes? He's given us himself to take away sin. He's given us the opportunities to serve like him. We have the opportunities to be like Jesus. We have the opportunity to make these verses come true, to be the church on earth that will be his bride, ready to go to heaven. We simply need to make that choice every single moment of every day. This week, this week we can make those choices. We can choose to be like Jesus, to give ourselves like Jesus, to bless like Him, to love like Him. In our homes, with our children, with our co-workers, 
Even with our bosses. Ooh. Eee. <laughs> with the lady at Publix that checks you out. With the post guy that mangled your letter. Yeah. You have an opportunity to be like Jesus to them. That's where the real... It's not hard. It's not hard when there's no troubles. It's when the troubles come that we need to be like Jesus. And so this week, I give you that opportunity to be the saints, to be the church.